Better and Longer with The Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, and happy holidays. I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to the Fitness Show. So today, I want to talk about y'all getting to the new year fitter, not fatter, and that's really important to me because that's been a long-standing trend of my people, my followers, my clients, my customers, whatever you are. Even though none of you are giving me money, I consider you mine And if you're doing what I tell you to do, you get where you want to go throughout the year. But especially this time of year, I find it super important that you're successful, that you triumph over that holiday 10-pound, 20-pound nonsense people gain, even 5 pounds. Who wants it? So I insist you get to the new year fitter, not fatter. And we're going to talk to begin with about how to do that. This is going to be the kick in the can you need. You can re-listen to this episode, or at least the first half of it, every day until January 1st. I got no problem with that. Repeat, (laughs) wake up to me and my big mouth, no problem. And then I have a lot to tell you. I've uh, adopted a duck, and I've had some travel snafus, and some other really fun stuff. So, um, So there, we're going to go there after, but we're going to start with the holiday thing. So first of all, y'all need to stick with the exact formula for weight loss. So if you don't know who that is and you know me and you're working with me, it's time to learn what the exact formula for weight loss is. It's your personal caloric budget to help you get to your personal specific goals. So that is available on the very cover, that article on uh, fitness.com. That's F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S.com. If you have not read it yet, it will change your life. It will change the way you think about food. It will change the way you think about diets, pills, shakes, powders, supplements, shortcuts, all of that stuff. I will teach you thoroughly. There's also episode two of the fitness show. So if you want to go to Podbean and start looking around at my channel for the fitness show, you can get to that. Uh, exact formula for weight loss episode, which is the second one. But for the most part, you're going to think about your goal weight and say you want to weigh 175 pounds. Well, you're going to add a zero on the end. That's how many calories you need per day. No more than that. And eventually your body will shrink down to 175 pounds. So this is a customized formula that will work specifically for you. Not everybody wants to be 175 pounds. Some people want to be 115 pounds or 215 pounds. We all have our own different goals. And it's important for you never to listen to those generic policies of everyone should eat 1,200 calories a day or 2,000 calories a day because you will eventually end up 120 pounds or 200 pounds. And for most people, that'll make everybody miserable. So um, there is no generic answer when it comes to caloric budget, but caloric budget is what decides your weight. If you're eating more calories than you can burn, you will gain weight. If you're eating fewer, you will lose weight. And watching your intake, you know, the, the problem with the holidays is people are constantly shoving, offering, you know, uh, creating sugary, buttery, oily, greasy, calorie-laden meals. Now, are some of them delicious? For sure. But do we need to ingest them all like they're going out of uh, existence, that we need to eat all the pie in December possible because there will never be pie again? 
No, all the rules count that counted for the rest of the year. You know that summer body you like? You want to get on your paddleboard in your swimsuit feeling good? You want to go run around on the beach with your kids feeling good? You got to stick with that. You can't blow it in December and then, oh, I don't know, try and get back to it in spring. I know a lot of you are training for races in January. You know what's not a lot of fun? Running races with a lot of extra weight on your back. Just think about rucksack. I'm, I just hosted the Savannah Bridge Run, which was fantastic, but they had a new division to the race. was called the rucksack. And so people would put on a 10-pound, a backpack filled with 10 pounds of weight or a backpack filled with 20 pounds of weight. And all the people that weren't rucking thought they were insane. Yet a lot of those people were carrying around an extra 75 pounds on their body every second of every day. That's a bad idea. So if you think rucksacking is crazy, try not to create your own rucksack for during the holidays, okay? We don't want a permanent rucksack on your back. And if you already got one and you're feeling like you like to get rid of it, Listen to, to listen to you like that. I'm making up words. <laughs> Listening to what I tell you to do is going to go a long way. So first of all, it has got to be the formula. You got to stick with that caloric budget. Yes, you can build in room for some fun stuff. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. My day, if I do not have a piece of chocolate within my day, I consider it a sad one. So I will eat. You know, I'm I'm a small person, so I have a hundred. I have that 1,200 calorie a day budget. So I fill it with lots of yummy, delicious, seasoned vegetables and sweet fruits and some proteins that I like. I got beans and nuts and things that make me happy. And then there's always a piece of chocolate. And on a rare occasion, there's a piece of cake. And on a rarer occasion, there's a beer, but it's a light beer and I drink half of it. So, you know, there's wiggle room for all of us. You just have to choose what's most important to you and you can have some holiday fun within your budget, but you got to stick to it every day and you have to stick to it no matter what. You can't be like, oh, it's the holiday party in my office, so I deserve it. I deserve to eat their catered crap. No, you don't. If you deserve to eat the catered crap, then you deserve the bumpy thighs you're going to get as a result, perhaps, right? We are all earning the good parts of our body and most of the bad parts of our body. So you decide But a little bit of discipline today is going to go a long way for the rest of the year. So that caloric budget counts. Include the fun stuff. Maybe, perhaps, if you know you're going to a party, maybe you're going to have a really, really thoughtful and healthy slash low-calorie breakfast and lunch. Maybe you just make, create some extra wiggle room for the party later. And then once you get there, you're going to have to be clever about it. So um, there's a few ways you can attack a holiday party, whether it's at your kid's school or it's at a glamorous ball or a fancy restaurant for the New Year's, whatever it is. But if weight loss is your mission or weight maintenance is your mission, you're going to have to be creative. So if you're going to a party, I always say bring a dish. Bring a dish that you feel good about, whether it's a veggie tray or um, grilled chicken covered with soy sauce and there's broccoli. I don't know. You're just, you're going to bring something light and low-cal. Shrimp cocktail is a great choice for seafood eaters and people will love you for it. I am not a seafood eater, but oh my gosh, I host an annual 4th of July party and one of my neighbors brings over shrimp cocktail. It's not buttery. It's just a shrimp with the cocktail sauce and people treat him like he is the king. He is the king of my house. So shrimp cocktail, it's a good choice. You could probably go a bunch of different fancy seafood options to please the masses. But 
Get something that you like, something that's low-calorie, delicious, healthy, something that will feed your face without you having to go to pigs in the blanket, which are really dense in calories and fat. So make that choice by bringing a dish. You could also show up at a party having already eaten a healthy meal. So then you're kind of full. You don't really have room. You're not going to start desperately eating whatever junk they're serving just because you're hungry. So that's that's an easy way to handle that. And then you may just be able to use your ability to say, no thanks, not interested, not hungry, I don't want that. Even if you want that, you can just say no. And sometimes if there's a pushy host or pushy friends or a pushy date, you may have to say no a whole bunch. And then finally put your foot down, look someone in the eye and say, I said no, thank you. That's enough. You can do that. You can be strong on behalf of you. Can you imagine me not being strong on behalf of me? Can you imagine someone bullying me into eating something I didn't want to eat if I really didn't want to eat it? Can you imagine? No, because I'm a really strong person. And I think you're a really strong person too. There is no magic uh, steel that seeps into my head at night that makes me tough or, what's the word, disciplined. It just is what I choose. So you will have to deal with pushy people, whether they're at the bake sale or at Maybe your kids, maybe your parents. Oh, I can't tell you how many times people tell me, well, my aunt, she makes this meal. We're Jewish and we have this big Jewish fabulous meal or this big Italian meal, whatever it is. Put some ethnicity in there and we've all got the parents, the Catholic parents, the this parents and that parents. They're going to try to feed your face and you're going to take what you want and then you're going to say, no thanks, I'm stuffed or I don't want it. Sorry, mom. Sorry, grandma. Sorry, grandpa. I don't want it. And you know what? You're a grown-up. You can do that. So please don't reach out in mid-January and say, oh, I really did well, but my grandma made me baloney. <laughs> no one's going to pry open your mouth and shove in the pastries. So you've got to show discipline and strength. As well, we're going to have to deal with alcohol. And so really, You don't have to deal with alcohol. You choose to deal with alcohol. But I can tell you in advance right now that alcohol is a really bad idea for people who want to lose weight or maintain their weight. It's just, it's not a great idea. So I'm a person, I decided long ago when I was overweight, I figured out that that the beer and the alcohol made me heavy. And when I got rid of the alcohol, then I, um, I started being lean and I started loving my body. I made the changes within my eating habits, but those... Um, changes within my way of thinking about alcohol went a long way too. So in most cases, any glass is going to be at least 100 calories. Any shot's going to be at least 100 calories. If you put in some sugary syrup, make it a blended drink, you're in for way worse. So, you know, if you're someone who drinks on occasion and you're a grown-up, well, you get to make that decision, but your alcohol has to fit into your caloric budget. Keep in mind, if you're drinking alcohol, you're going to be less strict, less disciplined with your eating habits because that's what alcohol does. It reduces our inhibition. So if you want to be strict with your eating habits or at least show some discipline, drinking's not the way to go. It also is going to have some sort of effect the next day and maybe you won't want to get up and do that early morning workout or maybe you'll put forth less put forth less effort at Orange Theory or your boxing class. So it will have a detrimental effect on your fitness. So I encourage you to keep it to a minimum, you know, One day of drinking over the holidays is probably enough for your average achieving grown-up who has a family or even doesn't have a family, someone with a job or just has success on their mind, and I know a lot of you do, maybe that second day, but, you know, it's time to be grown-ups. Most of us aren't in college anymore. We're not 
18 with our fake ID trying to score some booze. So be responsible. And if you need to put the Fitzy on your shoulder and you need her to poke you directly into the cheek and say, hey, back off. You're a grown up with a lot of great things to achieve. Do it. Do it. I'll I'll poke and pester you all darn holiday. But these are the decisions you'll make that will last for a very, very, very long time. So be cognizant. Plan to exercise every day. And I don't normally tell people that. Normally I say, hey guys, most days of the week, right? Some people will go as little as four days. Some people will go seven days. I personally like a rest day, but even on my rest day, I'm walking the dog. I'm wrestling with the kids, whatever it is. But again, if weight loss is your mission, if you're going to be faced with all sorts of parties and this and that, get in a workout every day, even if it's a a low-key workout. You know, on the holidays, if you're going to do the big gathering with the family, do some sports, throw the ball around before you all eat. You don't have to be couch potatoes to hang out together. You can toss the ball or the Frisbee or run around with the babies or the dogs or do any of those things. You can communicate and um, bond while being active. You could go sailing in the boat. When I grew up, my mom lived on a canal. In fact, she still lives on that canal. And we had a little John boat. And so we would take the family out and we'd all go up and down the canal. And we'd go on Thanksgiving, we'd go down to the park and we'd all play soccer or football or both. So Um, We had fun, and I encourage you, if that's not already your family tradition for the holidays, make it your family tradition. And then, if you're going to have a big meal with that family, everybody gets out and goes for a walk and looks at the holiday lights. I don't care what religion you are. Lights are not necessarily about religion. Just go enjoy the beautiful sights and sounds of the holidays. Get up, walk it off, and make a big difference. Those simple decisions will go a really, really, really long way. And again, I want you to get to January 1st, down two pounds from when where you are today, or seven pounds. I had um, my very first Hottie Body Challenge. It was actually called the Holiday Hottie Challenge, and it was quite a few years ago. And between um, Thanksgiving Day and New Year's, one of my hotties, Brian Marks, God, what did he lose? I think he lost 20 pounds. And it was extraordinary. And he was a guy who didn't have great... Uh, habits. He went from like reckless eating habits to structured exercise, which I provide with the Hotty Body Challenge, and the exact formula for weight loss. And and that really just inspired me. So again, most of my people who are strict followers of the fitness plan, they they get to New Year's Day and they're super proud of themselves and super excited. And when all their friends are complaining and making the New Year's resolution and you know getting their gym membership for the first time ever. My people, my fitness people, my hotties are bragging, bragging about big success. And that's what I want you to do. And another thing I want to focus on with the holidays is people are constantly giving gifts of sugary lard. (laughs) Bacon. I'm Robert Schultz's bacon, bacon, bacon. But people are constantly going to give you cookies or going to give you cake and brownies and things like that. And while that's very nice, um, you've got a few choices. If it's not a gift that's directly given to you, Make a habit of saying no thank you seven times a day. So if you walk into the office and you know there's going to be cans of this and boxes of that and whatever, make sure you have committed to saying no thank you at least seven times. After you said no thank you to people offering you stuff seven times, then I encourage you to to consider if they offer you, for example, they offer you an oatmeal raisin cookie. If you really, really love oatmeal raisin, 
Maybe you want to have it or have half or have a bite and throw the rest away. If they offer you a peanut butter cookie and you really don't like it, yeah, say no thank you again. So be, um, be specific, be discerning. Not every dessert is a good dessert. I just uh, did a feature on some guy who says he loves fruitcake. I thought, oh my God, you're the first person I've ever met who really loves fruitcake. I know they sell them. I've never personally seen a person eat fruitcake in all of my years. I've never sat down at a table with someone where someone was biting into a fruitcake. So um, that was Rick Nealis, the race director of the Marine Corps Marathon. I have a super fun feature going on right now. It's race phase, holiday season. So I've um, done small interviews with some of the heavy hitters, the people who make the running industry go down. So race directors of the Boston Marathon, at Los Angeles, um, we got Chicago, we got Marine Corps, we got Big Sur, we got St. Pete, we got operations people and race announcers and uh, so forth. Anyways, Rick Neal said he loved fruitcake. He never met one he didn't like. And I thought, wow, you're the one. I know they sell a hundred of them in my grocery store every year. I imagine they're all going straight to Rick Neal's house because I don't know anyone who wants to eat that. But um, but yeah, no thank you. Now, if someone's going to gift you a basket of junk food or a tray of it, what you need to do is say thank you so much and give a big hug and a kiss and be genuinely appreciative of it. And then perhaps you take one and you share the rest or you re-gift it. That's a really good idea. Don't even unwrap the dang thing. Just give it to a neighbor. Give it to the fire department, the police department, the... Give it to the people who, I don't know, rescue puppies. That's a nice group of people. Or you could be nice to everybody and you could throw the damn thing away. I assure you, waste not, want not does not apply to sugary lard. So if you got some stuff that someone gave you and you know it's really going to be a wrecking ball on your waistline, get rid of it. I don't care how you get rid of it. Just get rid of it. And if you're throwing it away, don't feel bad because... You know, it's funny, I used to um, train, uh, do uh, presentations for some of the pharmaceutical companies, and the pharmaceutical reps were always showing up at doctor's office with baskets of brownies and donuts and stuff, and I finally said, do you think these women working at the doctor's office, or maybe some men too, but do you think they want to have to look at a basket of brownies every day? I know you want to show up with something thoughtful, but... These poor ladies back there, I know they're trying to lose a few pounds. You really think they appreciate you having to um, put their discipline on, uh, what's the word for it, you know, uh, on top notch every day because you know what, I'm a really disciplined girl, but if you lay a bunch of Hershey Kisses on my desk and I have to stare at them, I'm going to start gobbling them up. So it's not necessarily a kind thing to give away all this stuff. If you like to bake, I get it. Baking's fun. I like to do it with my kids. We bake for Santa. They're 15, 13. We still bake for Santa. And we, <laughs> we share with the neighbor. We got this great Jewish guy who's one of our BFFs across the street. He doesn't do Christmas, so we bring him a couple of treats. But we actually, when we bake, we do it in a healthier way. We use egg beaters instead of eggs, so we're cutting out some of the fat and calories. I use, um, you know those sugar-free coffee syrups? that people put in their latte, I bake with them. So instead of adding a 1,000 calories worth of oil to my batter, I use zero-calorie coffee syrup. And um, it works just as well, and it doesn't have any of the fat and calories. 
And sometimes we use Splenda instead of full sugar. So we mo- we modify. We've made brownies with black beans. It sounds atrocious, but oh my gosh, it's so good. So there's a bunch of healthier ways to skin that cat if you like to bake. And uh, if you're going to go full-blown lard and butter and oil and whatever, then just keep the portion small. And you could even bake all the cookies and throw them away. I mean, it's all about the process, right? It's not really about making sure they go into somebody's digestive system. It's about the process. So do what you can, but re-gift, re-gift trash. Say thank you genuinely. The people giving it to you, they probably don't know they're making your life difficult. They probably don't know that you're on this fitness journey and they're they're making it much more difficult. So just look them in the eye, tell them you appreciate the fact that they cared and then be a responsible person and drive your car over that basket. So anywho, <laughs> hopefully that gave you some incentive. And again, when you go to these parties, don't stand by the buffet table. Don't just lean there. That's a easy place for the shy guy. If you're an introvert, you may find yourself always standing by the buffet table, nibbling on something to have something to do. Don't do that. Go sing some karaoke. Go dance the night away. Go against every uh, personal intuition you have. Go against that grain. Be the fun one. And uh, you don't even need the alcohol to do it. Just be the fun one or go outside and play with the dog. But uh, hanging by the buffet isn't a wise idea. And you're going to have to be fierce. You're going to have to be tough. You're going to have to make hard, strong decisions. But the more you make them, the more you'll be able to make them. February will look a lot easier and March will look a lot easier. And then when you get to summer, you're going to take off that shirt and you're going to run down the beach with your kids or with your grandparents or your girlfriend, whatever it is. And you are going to have the time of your life because you actually feel fantastic about you. And again, you're the only thing you can control can't control any of these people. Nobody else can you control but you. So be fierce. Be fierce. Put that Fitzy on your shoulder and let me go with you and let me help you through the holiday season because by golly, by January 1st, you are going to be fitter, not fatter. Make that your mantra. Say it every day. And again, play the first 20 minutes of this podcast daily if you want. I'm sending you my love again and again and again, and um, then we can celebrate together. So I have to tell you about some things that's been going on. So first of all, many of you who follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you may have noticed that I have adopted a duck, a disabled duck of all things. And so (laughs) it is possibly one of the most ridiculous and wonderful things I've ever done. But uh, people have a lot of questions, so I'm going to tell you how this all evolved. Uh, Many of you know I have a relationship with good friends who own a farm, they name their one of the baby goats after me a couple years ago, Goat Fitz, who was the light of my life for quite a while. And unfortunately, this summer he died. He was likely killed in a billy goat play incident, which was very sad. But um, soon after, over the summer, they have, so at the farm, they have a dozen goats, a donkey, a mule, they have a bunch of chickens, they have a few ducks and a goose and a couple of pigs. And I hope I'm not leaving anyone out. But nonetheless, they got these three ducklings, ducklings and a gosling, or a gosling, I guess, a gosling. Anywho, um, they were all scooting around the property together, and we normally don't interact much with the ducks because ducks don't really want to interact with us. They kind of do their own thing. They're very smart. They, they move around in a pack. They quack a lot. The goose is, oh my gosh, the goose is so loud and bossy. I identify with her a bit. They actually named... 
the goose after my daughter, Ginger, which is so funny because she's so loud and Ginger is so loud. So anywho, over the summer, um, the family had gone to Europe for vacation and I was peeking in the chicken coop, I believe, and I saw this duck, white peeking duck, and it was disabled. Its legs were twisted and it was walking on its elbow and it was painful to see. Oh my gosh. Oh, so painful to see this duck. And I I didn't recognize it. So I took some video and I sent it to them and I said, is this handy, capable duck yours? And you know, I looked at the duck and mind you, it was painful, but I thought, what a trooper. This thing has legs all twisted, but she's still getting around. I didn't know if she was attacked by one of the animals or something. I've done some research and it turns out that This particular breed of duck, they're the big, white, beautiful ducks. The ones actually Donald Duck and Daisy were um, crafted after. But what's said is that their body grows so quickly, sometimes their legs are very fragile and can't handle it. So they kind of buckle and bow under the weight of their body. So I don't know if that's the case with Handy. But anyways, I sent the video to the Tyrones and they said, yes, she's ours. And um, we just admired her. We, we would go in and say, hi, Handy. And and they, fortunately, the Tyrones liked the name. We just started calling her Handy. Anyways, for a while, we would wave at her, but we'd go near nearby and she was afraid and she'd start quacking and you don't want to scare the duck. So we stayed away. And um, at some point, what the owner would do is take her out. She didn't want to be in the duck coop because the ducks and the goose would pick on her. So she was always hiding in the chicken coop. And the chicken coop, the chickens wouldn't pick on her, but she was so afraid. She was always lying with her head underneath this PVC pipe that the chickens had pooped all over. So the poor little thing spent her whole life with her head underneath this pipe. And we'd go say hello, and she would just quack with fear. And so Cheryl would sometimes move her over to um, a sunny spot near the pond. She would never go in the pond, but they work nine to five. So Handy was left out in the sun, just baking in the Florida sun for hours. And so eventually we thought this duck needs to get out of the sun, picked it up. She put her hand, her head in my hand and just went peaceful. And I melted, just fell in love with this duck. So since the summer, almost every day, or at least when I'm in town, been going over, filling up a kiddie pond and picking up this duck and letting her have a swim because when she's in the water, she's freer. She's capable, right? She can move a lot better. And as many of you and I know, when we get injured, sometimes the pool is the only place we can feel like a normal person um, and have be unburdened from our injuries. And so Handy's much the same way. So every day, constantly going to see this duck and make sure she has food because she can't fight for the food. The other one, the other ducks and animals are more capable and the Tyrone's always made sure they gave her special food, but I'd go and I'd give her the swim and then pick her up and cuddle her. And anyways, it came down to the fact that I would sit on the couch every night thinking, wouldn't it be great if Handy were here? And so I went by the tractor supply store because of course, that's where I go, the tractor supply store. I think I went in there to buy, see if they had duck snacks, but they had this super cute, um, looks like a Barbie dream house, but it's for bunnies. And uh, I took a picture and I sent it over to Cheryl and I said, hey, if I got um, this house, could Handy come spend the night with me? And she said, sure. So I bought the house and it's a two-story 
Ducky Dream House. It's light blue. It matches my home. It's got little doors and a, a kind of a mesh door on the front of the top. And then the bottom story is just kind of a cage. It's chain. I don't know. It's some sort of cage <laughs> with the door. But uh, on Thanksgiving Day, went and picked up Handy and brought her home. And eh, she has been an absolute delight. It's been wonderful to watch her live without the fear. You know, she's not hiding. Sometimes I just put her out in my yard. I keep a good eye on her, but I let her have the run of the yard and she'll just sit on the grass in the sun and relax without feeling like she needs to hide. I have a kiddie pool, so I allow her to swim around and she splashes and she plays. Uh, I did read online. I've been doing research. Uh, I had intended to bring her back and forth to the farm. And here I would kind of be Aunt Fitz's house. Uh, and then I read an article that said they're very social creatures and the meanest thing you could do is keep a duck alone. However, the ducks she would socialize with don't like her and they pick on her and they make her life miserable. So it's almost like putting a kid in a school where you know they're going to be bullied every day. Um, and the owner, the owner, John, is hysterical. He's all, keep her. The other animals hate her. Um, so she's been at my house solid since we brought her home on Thanksgiving and she's sweet. She really has, uh, she's taken to her life here and I wrap her up in a towel cause in case she has a little accident, I don't know how you can train, potty train a duck, but she's done a really good job. If I put her on the yard, she'll, she'll go potty out there, but she swims. I wrap her in the towel and, um, I'll bring her in the couch. We watch Tucker Carlson together at night, I'm in love with Tucker Carlson, and I think Handy really likes him too. In fact, Handy watched the Garth Brooks concert with me last night, and we were on the couch, and I was singing. It was the last song, The Dance, and I'm a terrible singer, mind you. My kids, I think my kids find comfort in my voice because I sing to them every morning and night, but oh my God, it's really bad. But Handy, she fell asleep while I was singing her The Dance. It was just precious, so uh, she, I think she's got a good life here, and if I put her down on the ground outside after she's swam, when she's done relaxing, she waddles over to her dream house. So she wants to be in there. I got a pack and play, a baby pack and play, so she could stay in the house. If it's freezing and she could sleep inside, it's ridiculous. This is what happens when you're a sappy animal lover. You end up with a disabled duck living in your home. Oh, she's funny. She is so funny. She's just, I, I wish you could all come and meet Handy because she... <laughs> She makes my life really, really fun. And um, I still go back to the farm to kiss the donkey and the pigs and things. But yeah, so I have a disabled duck living here. And she's the best thing ever. So that explains that. Um, I want to go next to tell you about some of my travel absurdity. So I think we've talked before, but I get tired. You know, going East Coast, West Coast, East Coast within a weekend wears you down. It's jet lag times a thousand. And when you add on my really early race mornings to that, and sometimes late night, I, I start to um, lose quality in my functionality. And so I've had some really absurd things happen. But the most absurd thing happened a few weeks ago when I landed in San Diego. So I got to tell you about this. I am got up at four o'clock in the morning, get on my plane at six, and I head to San Diego. I go to Atlanta, and then I'm on my plane to San Diego. And then I'm at the very front row of Delta Comfort. And right in front of us is this wall. 
and then there's the exit where first first class goes behind them to get out and then we stand up to go forward and you know what happens when the plane stops at the gate and the uh, where your seatbelt sign goes off and that beep happens everybody stands up so the guy next to me I'm in the middle seat which I don't like to be but anyways I'm in the middle seat and I have a wheelie laptop bag and something else in my in my left hand something in my right hand so my arms are kind of pinned down at my side holding stuff the guy in front of me starts to move off so I start to walk into the aisle of the plane but my foot gets stuck and my arms pinned down at my side I literally topple like a tree going timber I start going down and all I can think is oh my god I hope I don't land on a fragile old lady instead I land face first my left cheek lands in this man's lap (laughs) just like the weirdest person ever and of Everybody else is standing up, thank God, except for this guy. But they're all looking down, gasping. And so I go down and I land left cheek into this man's thighs. And so instead of having the um, embarrassment and shame that your average gal would have, I get down there face first. And then I start screaming, laughing directly into his crotch. (laughs) I just left out this big, oh, and the people were dying and so some man standing over us says well if that isn't a gift from god and i'm i'm literally like on this man's lap screaming in his crotch so uh <laughs> it's pretty bad that was the worst of all of my incidents so i gather myself crawl up and and you know what i could have hit my face on the armrest there could have been a whole bunch of really bad outcomes but instead i landed on soft muscular 30 something man year old legs and then I laughed into his crotch. And um, so I get up and I, I say, well, you know, my foot got stuck or whatever. And I grab my stuff and I get off. I get onto the jetway and I'm still just laughing about it. And then it took me to get off the jetway when I realized, oh, I'm a total dork. <laughs> and I should be embarrassed and I need to get away from these people. So I was happy to go get my luggage and get out of there. But yep, face first into some man's crotch. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a highlight of my trip for sure. And of course I told everybody after that, cause I thought it was hilarious, um, which is probably better than, um, agonizing and shame over the whole ordeal. It was kind of funny, but I've had a few ridiculous things, nothing as absurd as that. Um, but a few weeks before that I was landing in San Francisco and I was down waiting for my luggage at that little conveyor belt thing. I'm sitting there. Normally, I travel with this big blue Eagle Creek sporty bag. So I'm down there and I'm waiting and thinking, of course, my bag is the last bag off the thing or to come out. So it's 15 minutes gone by. I'm rolling my eyes, just really annoyed that this bag isn't there. And then I realize I took a different bag. I packed a different bag. In fact, I'd gone out the day before and purchased a different bag. My blue bag is kind of big. And some of these Wonder Woman weekends are very short. I leave Friday. I come back Sunday. I just don't need to bring all the stuff. So my little black bag had been rolling around that conveyor belt, looping in front of me probably 50 times before I realized what I'd done. So anyways, that was kind of stupid. And then I had another time where I was in Atlanta 
Yeah, it was Atlanta late at night. I think I'd gotten there at 10 and I was supposed to board a 1030 flight to Gainesville. And I got on the plane train because I had to get there quickly, but I got on the wrong plane train going the wrong direction. So instead of going to F, I went to T or something like that. And I got off and I thought, oh no, where am I? And that's the place when you're at the T gate where they're talking about baggage check. And I thought I had totally exited the airport. It was pretty bad for the moment, but got back on the plane train, going the opposite direction, got home. And then last but not least, which this one could have probably been the most detrimental, is I was boarding a plane in San Jose. Look, it's all California. I think California and me. California is making me tired. My flight was at one, but for some reason, I had a friend's boarding time of 1245 in my mind. So my plane wasn't going to board until 1245 in my mind. And I was sitting on the ground, which is I'm I'm a ground sitter. And I'm just waiting. And it's it's one of those weird um, gate cul-de-sacs where they have 10 different gates pulling out the same thing. So I had completely missed hearing all of the boarding notifications for Atlanta. I just wasn't even going to consider thinking about it till 1245. In fact, at about 1240, I tried to FaceTime someone and they weren't there. I'm so glad they didn't answer. I never would have heard. But finally, I heard last boarding call for Atlanta. And so I raced to get on the plane, but whoo, I just start deteriorating. I can, I can work at, at high function. I can do all that stuff, but the travel, I start just, I start dropping balls. And if, if any of you message me while I'm traveling on a weekend, good luck. Good luck. I want your messages, but understand that you likely won't get a proper response for three days. You might even see, you know how Facebook will tell you or a messenger will tell you that the other person has seen the message. Quite often I'm reading it from a, a, a plane train or while in an Uber to go somewhere. So I'm not very good at responding to those messages, but that was pretty dorky. Um, moving on, this weekend I was in Savannah for the Savannah Bridge Run 5K and 10K. In fact, it's the end market Savannah Bridge Run. Beautiful, such a cool race. And I host their Women's Half Marathon every year in April, and they invited me to host this one. And um, I can tell you that it was way better than I anticipated. Man, I thought it would be a great race because the Savannah Sports Council doesn't know how to do anything less than fantastic things. But I brought my son and his best friend, Ashley, who's a very sweet girl, and we had a wonderful weekend. I had one of those sweet hotels, so... Two beds and a sleeper couch. There was all room for everybody to be appropriate. But um, it was the first time Ashley had ever done a 5K. And so Parker and she walked it and and it was fantastic. Just very, very proud of them. But here's a couple of things. Um, And I'm going to start with the good side. Uh, The start line of the 5K, we have to, they have to take me over the bridge to start the 5K but then I have to be over the bridge to get to be at the finish line to welcome the winners, et cetera, and, and to start the 10K. So only the start of the 5K happens on the other side of the bridge other than people turning around. So it's a little bit of a chaotic morning. Um, I'm going to retract back to one of the things that was very important. But I started the race literally from the back of the pace car. It was a hatchback car. And because we had to get me there first, when I yelled go, it was in the back of the pace car there. They had a guy, one of the sound guys there to grab the microphone, the wireless, and 
when I yelled go, the car didn't start immediately. So we were almost, we were almost engulfed by the runners. We, you can hear on the video of the start of the 5k. If you go to that Savannah bridge run, um, Facebook page, you can hear us going, go, go, go. Cause we had the driver had to take off, but it was really, really neat to finally be on course because you know, when we work the start or the finish line, I don't get to see any of the in-between ever. I just am stationary starting and waiting for the runners. So to be able to watch the lead runner, it was um, very interesting. Sam Rembertson, I think. He was, he was a, uh, he, he looked like a cross-country guy and he won not only the 5K, but the 10K too, because they had a double pump race where you got to do both races. Um, but going over the bridge, was super fantastic. I forget the name of the bridge. I think the bridge is something like a mall brock or anyways, they're going to change the name soon because the guy it was named after was a segregationist. So I was told don't even really say the name of the bridge. We just called it the bridge. Um, But it's a beautiful bridge. And I was at that point while we were driving over it, (laughs) my little feet dangling over the back of the car, uh, I was jealous of the runners. I was jealous that they got to you know, on foot, cross this bridge. It was fantastic. So if you ever get the chance, highly recommend Savannah Bridge Run uh, December every year. It's beautiful. Even my kids, you know, Parker and his friends said, wow, it was cool. It didn't feel real. Felt like it could, should have been a dream. All the runners were so impressed with the beauty of that race. Um, so lots of fun. Highly recommend. Lots of fun people there too. But here's Here's something that will stick in my craw, and I hope you guys will, um, what's the word, appease me. So I wake up the morning of the race, and I, I turn on the news on my phone, and I see that President George Herbert Walker Bush has passed away the night before. And um, that's tragic always to lose an American president. And really most, even more important to me is we lost a World War II veteran. So... Uh, you know, he lived a long, wonderful, amazing life, full of public service, not only as a, a military, but, you know, in government. He raised a beautiful family who you can tell those Bushies love each other desperately. And I just really wanted to recognize that. So I asked the race director, I said, do you mind before the national anthem if I hold a, a moment of silence for President Bush? He said, no, please do. But what happened is they had a little bit of an odd setup. I think they've just never had a professional announcer before. They have a really nice runner guy who has done his best in the past. But they had the stage for me and the sound guy set up about 30 yards behind the finish line, which is not how it's supposed to be done. I need to be in front of the runners so I can interact with the runners. Why hire a professional announcer if you're not going to let me do my thing, which very much includes eye contact and we talk to each other and so forth. So it was a little tricky. I did some of the announcements an hour, you know, half an hour before race start from that back stage. But then I moved to a pickup truck near the front and it wasn't even at the front. It was maybe 10 yards behind the start line. And then again, I, I actually started the race from the car, but because I was moving a lot and it got a little hectic and the anthem singer was back on the original stage, it was, like I said, a little chaotic, I forgot to do the moment of silence. Now, here's the deal. That is something that will eat me up for the rest of my life. The fact that I had the opportunity to honor one of our country's great heroes and I didn't because I forgot it will kill me. So if you don't mind, 
I would like to take this opportunity to have a moment of silence to just recognize and, um, yeah, to just recognize his heroic. So we're going to do that now. I appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you very much. Hopefully that will help <sighs> the agony I've been suffering for several days go away. He was a, a really good person and a great American and a fine leader. And, you know, I hope he rests in peace with his beautiful wife, Barbara, and his daughter he lost long ago. But um, thank you for appeasing me with that. It means a lot. And uh, he meant a lot to our country. So... Anyways, on that note, um, boy, you guys have been very impressive this week. I started on November 28th. I announced to my hotties, and if you're not a hottie, I would love for you to be one. It's the Hottie Body Fitness Challenge on Facebook, and it's a group, and I'd love for you to join. There's no fee. It's just a group of people that come together and follow the exact formula for weight loss. I assign daily workouts. Most people follow them, and many incorporate their own runner training or orange theory classes, whatever else they do. But we're on a mission together to help each other accomplish whatever goals we have in fitness. And um, I, on November 28th, I announced we're going to do a Hotties to 100 challenge. And I declared that on December 1st, or I'm sorry, November 30th, you would tell me exactly how many pounds you've lost since November 28th. And on day one, we had seven pounds lost. And on day two, we had 21 pounds lost. And I, it's day three. Day three has passed. I haven't done the math yet, but it looks like the numbers are big. And so I'm excited to see cumulatively how quickly we can lose the first 100 pounds. Because if we do this, if we nick off this um, first 100 quickly, we might as well go for 100 more. Heck, we may be a hotties to 1,000 very soon. But I love the enthusiasm and discipline you all use when given a challenge it's very, very impressive. Some people are down three pounds in three days. And, you know, that's because you just change gear. When you go from reckless to disciplined, magical things happen really quickly. In fact, they're not magical. They're science. If you do the right thing, good results will come. And for those of you who are doing the right thing and on occasion getting stuck, your weight just doesn't move, that happens. That's the true test of who you are and how commitment, how committed you are. When it gets tough, do you quit or do you work harder? And I think that most of you will work harder. So happy holidays. This is not the last podcast of the holidays, but again, it's the one. Take that first 20 minutes and listen to it over and over and over again every single day if that's what you need. But show discipline. Stick with your formula. Build in a workout every single day no matter what, and whether it's push-ups or dancing or swimming or running or hiking, do something. Force it in. Do laps throughout the hallways at your office, around the hospital you work out. If you've got a sick relative in the hospital, still go lap the halls, go up and down the stairwells. You've got no excuses. If you make no excuses and accept no excuses, you will get where you want to go. That is that, folks. As usual, please follow me at Fitness on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can check out my Morning Mile program. Help me get more kids moving in the mornings. And get to work, everybody. I love you. Bye. 
Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to give the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities that's morningmile.com long may you run